This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yeah, that's me. It is Wednesday, April 19th. Good morning. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun clouds today. Just a beauty on the way. High 63. Tonight, overnight, some passing clouds, low 47. Thursday, partly cloudy, high 65. If you're walking out the door with us right now, it's 45 and partly cloudy in New Rochelle, out in Westchester. 44 in Rawway, New Jersey, and it's 43 and mostly clear hit here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour. I meant to get to this uh, story uh, the other day, and I did not, but... I want to do it now. Mimi Sheraton was the longtime food critic, well, initially for the New York Times, but then worked for a bunch of magazines. I had a chance to interview her, and I was rifling through all the stuff that I've saved over the year, which is uh, over the years, which is not a lot, by the way. And I could not find the interview. It was unfortunate because she was a great interview. Uh, if you don't know who she was, she was really one of the more prominent figures in the food and restaurant world for most of the 70s. 80s and into the 90s and she was unbelievable so she wasn't one of these people who just went to fancy restaurants and was snooty she would go to hole in the walls and uh, review them as well and she took this craft to a degree that nobody probably does anymore she would visit a restaurant anywhere from three to six times before she would do a review. And she would bring a crew with her. So there'd be three, four, sometimes six people. So she could get everybody to try all the different dishes. She would tell them what they had to order. The food would come and then she would sample everything. And as she grew more famous and more powerful, because people really read her reviews and would make decisions on restaurants based on her reviews, she'd have to go in disguise, which is great, right? So she had had four or five different wigs and glasses and dresses that she would wear. And uh, when she thought she might be recognized in a restaurant, and she said a fair amount of times when she wore those wigs in restaurants, especially here in the city, she'd be recognized anyway, like a waiter who would move from one restaurant to another would recognize her. They tip off the owners of the restaurant. And her whole thing is she didn't want special service. She wanted to eat food like a normal person would be eating food in a restaurant. And boy, was she a fantastic writer. Uh, Go back and read some of her books. She has like 16 books. She ate in uh, 21,000 restaurants, she thinks, over her lifetime, uh, which is unbelievable. 49 different countries. Uh, what she was most famous for early on was uh, she tasted every single one of Bloomingdale's food products, which was uh, almost 1,200 food products, and then reviewed them all. So anyway, sorry to see that Mimi Sheraton has passed away. I mean, she lived a long life, 97 years. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. 
Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Years old. So uh, salute to her. Uh, go find her books. They're really fantastic. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. A parking garage that Pancake Tuesday had some outstanding violations. An NYPD cop recovering after a random attack in the Bronx. A dog sitter in New Jersey up to no good. Schools with Native American mascots, uh, mascots rather, might lose money now. And Rockefeller Center about to reinvent itself. All right, let's get into it at 504. Let's start at that parking garage downtown next to Pace University, pancaking, partially collapsing. This was about four o'clock yesterday. Five people, six in all, were in the garage. One was killed. Five others were injured. Uh, the garage itself just filled with cars. Maybe you've seen some of the shots, the cars falling from the first floor to the basement. Uh, most of those cars will probably never get out of there. The FDNY using drones and robots to go into the garage to search for people and see if it was stable or not. We had firefighters inside the building conducting searches. Uh, the building was continuing to collapse. Uh, we made the decision to remove all our people from the building. Yeah, and that's when they sent in those robotic dogs, which was pretty cool to watch, and they sent in drones as well. And then we were able to fly our drones inside uh, to conduct an assessment and conduct searches. Uh, the great part of that is we're able to put these, uh, use the technology uh, to get information and, and reconnaissance uh, without putting our firefighters' lives and our first responders' lives at risk. Parking garage next to a Pace University dorm. That was evacuated last night. This is just, they say, an issue of structural problems. At least that's what Police Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell says. But this time we have no reason to believe that this is anything other than a structural collapse. Obviously that investigation will continue. Yeah, lots of eyewitnesses yesterday, 4 o'clock downtown, busy day. We heard a big, like, boom. Everyone was scared. Everyone was scared. Everyone thought that was their last time being alive, I'll be honest with you. Lots of people live in this neighborhood real next door to the garage, and uh, they, they definitely heard it. They said the ground shook like an earthquake. Pieces flake off on the car every once in a while from ceiling, but that's kind of normal wear and tear on a, on a building, but, you know. We didn't, we didn't think it was going to collapse. They put all the minivans and SUVs, all the very heavy cars on the roof, and it's a very old building. So what we're hearing from the parking garage workers who got out, one was in an elevator, so he was protected from the fall of everything that came crumbling down. Another one says he was on the second floor and he fell to the first floor, but he's going to be okay. Uh, this happened again around 4 o'clock. You can imagine it would have been a whole lot worse if it had been an hour later, 5 o'clock, a lot more people probably picking up their cars. Pieces flake off on the car every once in a while from ceiling, but that's kind of normal wear and tear on a, on a building. But, you know, we didn't, we didn't think it was going to collapse. They put all the minivans and SUVs, all the very heavy cars on the roof, and it's a very old building. Yeah, so this man had just uh, parked his garage, uh, car at the garage uh, and then walked around the corner when it came tumbling down. One of those things, he was in the right place at the right time that he parked it a few minutes before this all happened. I arrived at 4, 4 p.m., parked the car. 
Walked around the corner to a cafe, grab a cup of coffee, took about 10 minutes, come out. I see a whole bunch of activity in the street. I know I did. It was a collapse. Now, of course, the investigation into what took place. The parking garage owned by 57 Ann Street Realty Association, which is based out in Great Neck, Long Island. They had 64 violations with the Department of Buildings that date back to 1976. So not all of them were open. The original documents for the parking structure first allowed to park cars back in 1957. Not clear why this four-story garage came tumbling down. Uh, the violations that were unresolved were not huge ones. One of them, though, dates back to 2003 with a severity level considered hazardous, which is not their highest level. But the investigation, of course, will continue today. And, of course, more details come in about this. We will pass them on to you. WABC News Time 510. There is a new top judge in New York State. Let's find out the latest on that live now from 77 WABC's Alex Barnard. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Noam. And yes, that's right. On Tuesday, the state Senate confirmed Judge Rowan Wilson as the next chief judge of the New York State Court of Appeals, making him the first black New Yorker to ever hold the post on the state's top court. Wilson's confirmation is expected to move the court to the left. He's widely considered more liberal than Janet DeFiori, whom Wilson replaces as chief judge. Despite his liberal views, the confirmation hearings for Judge Wilson weren't necessarily easy. Just last week, he was grilled by certain advocates for his decision to vacate a conviction of a man accused of rape due to an issue gathering DNA evidence. His answer, that it was a difficult decision, but, quote, a function of how our justice system works. State Senator Brad Hoyleman spoke to WGRB Albany. The judge admitted how difficult it was for him to write that opinion. He was joined by three other colleagues, but... As he pointed out, the Miranda decision uh, is based on not a terribly dissimilar set of facts that also weighed in favor of the defendant in the Constitution and due process. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for are so important um, that, you know, they can't be sacrificed. The state Senate approving Wilson, despite ongoing negotiations over a stalled state budget, putting the Senate at odds with Governor Hochul. The Senate rejected Hochul's first nominee for the post, the more conservative Hector LaSalle, in February. All right, WABC's Alex Barnard joining us live. Thank you very much, Alex. WABC News Time 512 off duty cop hit in the head from behind with a bottle. This was on Monday in Kingsbridge in the Bronx. The attack happening West 231st Street about two in the afternoon. These two officers are just standing on a busy sidewalk when one became the victim of this unexpected attack. Video shows the entire incident unfold. A man in a gray sweatshirt just walks up to this female cop, hits her in the back of the head with the bottle before going after the male officer, completely unprovoked. Neighbors say they cannot believe the lack of respect for police these days. Very disrespectful for the police department. They shouldn't be doing any anywhere in this neighborhood. This neighborhood has changed a lot. 
I've been here since in the early 70s, so it has changed. To help us, and they come in disrespect. No, I don't think that's right, especially in this neighborhood. Never been seen. Not at all. Cops have cowered the jerk, the attacker. He's 45-year-old Jose Garcia. He faces a bunch of charges, assault, criminal possession of a weapon. The officer who was hit by that bottle take to St. Barnabas Hospital. She was treated for her injuries. She has been released. Southwest Airlines, boy, it's just like one problem after another for them. Had a nationwide ground stop yesterday. They lifted it by the afternoon, but there were over 2,200 flights that had been delayed, and the airline now plans playing catch-up today. I was already going to sit in the airport several hours because our flights were different, so now that's even getting delayed more. And I'm supposed to be going back to work tomorrow, so... (laughs) Yeah, she seems sort of happy about being delayed. Southwest says the problems were caused by intermittent tech issues, which is what took them down. You'll remember over the Christmas holiday for days on end, people had their Christmas vacation just ruined. And uh, the head of the CEO of Southwest had to appear before Congress. Uh, here we go again. Thankfully, it was short lived yesterday. But they're saying again, same thing, tech issues for Southwest. WABC News Time 514. Did you pay your taxes yesterday? Today, yeah, yesterday was the final day. You got a couple extra days till the 18th to get it done. President Biden, First Lady Jill Biden have released their 2022 federal income tax return. Their gross income of just over $579,000 was a decrease from 2021. The couple last year paid a little more than $137,000 in federal income tax, a tax rate of slightly less than 24%. Meantime, Vice President Kamala Harris and her husband, Doug Emhoff, reported a federal adjusted gross income of just under $457,000 in 2022. I'm Chris Caraccio. Yeah, I'm always curious to hear that. 5.15 now. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Say good morning, Justin Ellick. Well, good morning, Noam. Late in a local playoff action in full swing now. So let's start in Cleveland, where the Knicks got warped in Game 2 by the Cavaliers, losing 107-90 to lead the series tied at a game apiece before they come home for Games 3 and 4. Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson went for 22-20, and 20 respectively. But that wasn't nearly enough to hold off a resurgent Cavs squad. Nonetheless, the Knicks Bockers got the split they needed on the road as their focus shifts to game three set Friday night at the Garden on the ice in Jersey. The Rangers flex their muscles on the Devils in game one of their Eastern Conference Stanley Cup playoff series. Dominating play to the tune of a 5-1 to shellacking to take the game advantage. Chris Crowder found a home per usual park right in front of the net to tip in two power play goals for the Blue Shirts, including this one off an Adam Fox slapper to put New York up 4 to nothing at the time. Fox watched by Heischer. Now Kane back out, shot by Fox, score! Redirected in front, it is now 4 nothing. Chris Kreider with his second of the night. That call, courtesy of TBS, Igor Shosturkin, tuned, uh, turned on, I should say, playoff mode as well, stopping 27 shots to keep New Jersey at bay. Game 2 is scheduled for tomorrow night in New York, where the Devils will see if they can even things up before the series heads to Manhattan. And, and tonight in Carolina, the Islanders get the Hurricanes for Game 2 in their first-round playoff series. Puck drop is set for 7 p.m. Eastern time, with the Isles currently down one game to none. And finally on the Diamond, last night, not a good night for our local clubs, as both the Yankees and Mets got pushed around by their respective opponents. The Yanks fell at home to the L.A. Angels, 5-2. Mark Schmidt turning in another 
abysmal performance on the mound for the pinstripes with four runs allowed on six hits and under four innings pitched. His season ERA has now swelled to 8.79 in his four starts this season. Thanks. We'll see if they can pick up the pieces tonight at 7.05 at the stadium with Johnny Brito set to take the hill against LA's Griffin Canning. As for the Mets, they fared worse in Los Angeles against the Dodgers, getting blanked five to nothing in the middle game of that series. They'll see if they can salvage the finale and the series win this afternoon at 3.10 p.m. Eastern time. Ace Max Scherzer is primed to take the hill against former Met Noah Syndergaard. Here are sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Ellick. We are just getting started on this Wednesday morning. A new report claims COVID may have originated from two lab leaks in China. Donald Trump's daughter, Lara, was on Sid and Friends in the morning yesterday. We'll hear what she had to say. And new information coming to light after that 20-year-old woman was shot and killed after turning into the wrong drive in upstate New York. We'll get to those stories and more, but first, five uh, 519, a check of Wall Street. Here's Lou Dobbs. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Netflix down 5% in after-hours trading, quarterly revenue missing targets, Netflix ending its DVD mail business after 25 years. Tesla earnings after the closing bell, Tesla shares up 70% this year, down 3% over the past week. Recent price cuts expected to affect profit margins, sinking investment revenue affecting Morgan Stanley earnings, net income forecast to have dropped 19% from the previous quarter. Morgan Stanley reports before the opening bell. Citizens Financial Group reporting quarterly results. Last month's regional bank crisis hit citizens hard. The stock down 23% this year. Online real estate firm Open Door cutting 22% of its workforce. That's roughly 560 jobs. Open Door cited the declining housing market. The stock down 4%. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. WABC News Time 520. President Biden yesterday issuing an executive order to make child care and caregiving costs cheaper. And thank you, care workers and family caregivers for doing God's work, taking care of our children, our parents, and those we love so dearly. You care for the people we value the most in the whole world. The president announcing he's directing federal agencies to adopt measures that increase access to high-quality child care, long-term care, to better support workers in those sectors. He says the cost of care is too high, and he says the pay for care workers is way too low. The executive order I'm about to sign is the most comprehensive set of actions any administration has taken to date to increase access to high-quality child care, and long-term care and support for the caregivers. The executive order doesn't require any new spending. It's about making sure taxpayers will get the best value for the investments they've already made. 521, a new report claims COVID may have originated from two lab leaks in Wuhan, China. Investigation led by Republicans on the Senate Health Subcommittee suggests the pandemic was the result of an unintentional research-related incident at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Just admit the accident because it will help us in trying to prevent these things from happening again. Yeah, Senator Rand Paul, Kentucky there, says overwhelming evidence COVID came from the lab. We've heard this before. Investigators wrote the Wuhan lab conducts extensive research 
on bat coronavirus has a history of poor biosafety conditions. The report says an initial leak may have occurred sometime before September of 2019 and that the Chinese government tried to quietly contain the outbreak. If you weigh the evidence on either side, there's a mountain of evidence on the side that this leaked from a lab. And there's really no evidence that it came from animals. Yeah, that's what a former president, Donald Trump, said, of course, when he was in office, that it came from a lab leak. Donald Trump's daughter-in-law, Lara, on Sid and Friends in the morning yesterday, she says she doesn't know if Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will take on her father-in-law for the GOP nomination. But she does have a message for DeSantis supporters. As a Floridian, I would like Ron DeSantis to uh, continue his tenure as our governor. He committed to do another term as governor. But I think a lot of people may have considered, oh, maybe Ron DeSantis would be good. They see how dangerous it is now for us as a country. And they know who actually delivered whenever it mattered. And it was Donald Trump. And close Donald Trump advisor, Borsch Epstein, was on sitting friends in the morning yesterday as well he says the former president feeling strong even amid a slew of lawsuits that he's facing president donald trump is the strongest person i know the toughest person in america nobody can withstand the onslaught like him and continue to come out on top but the cases keep coming a federal judge denying trump's attempt to get a four-week delay in his civil rape and defamation trial here in the city is lawyer joe tacopina who will be on with sit and friends this morning asking a district judge to postpone the eg Eugene carroll trial that's scheduled to begin april 25th carroll a columnist accuses Trump of raping her in a dressing room in a Manhattan department store in the 90s, something that Trump denies. WABC News Time 524, new information coming to light today after a 21-year-old uh, woman was shot and killed after her friend turned into the wrong driveway in upstate New York last weekend. Here's the Washington County Sheriff Jeffrey J. Murphy. This is a, a very sad case of some young adults that were looking for a friend's house and ended up at this man's house who decided to come out with a firearm and discharge it. Deputies say this took place about 10 o'clock Saturday. Kaylin Gillis killed after the car she was riding and with three friends accidentally ended up in the wrong driveway while the group was looking for a friend's house. The homeowner, 65-year-old Kevin Monahan, for some reason came outside, started shooting, killing Gillis, Police do not believe any words were exchanged. They say the people in the car did not remain on the scene long in Monahan's driveway. Monahan, charged with murder, currently behind bars. While they were leaving the residence, once they determined that they were at the wrong house, uh, a subject came out on his Porsche for whatever reason. And fired two shots. And they're saying that uh, he's not really cooperating in the investigation, Monahan. After approximately more than an hour of talking back and forth through a 911 and trying to talk to him in person on the scene, he was taken into custody. He's been charged second-degree murder in connection with that death. 525, we'll bring it back here into the city. A final suspect wanted in connection to the drugging deaths and robberies at New York City LGBTQ bars now in custody. NYPD Chief of Detectives James Essex says detectives investigated 17 incidents where New Yorkers offered male victims a variation of drugs and narcotics in order to rob them, and uh, they were successful a number of times. At the victim's home or at the scene, the perpetrators got his phone, transferred money into their accounts, 
and took other property in some instances. The crime spree led to the overdose deaths of John Umberger and Julio Ramirez. Uh, NYPD Commissioner Keishon Sewell says 25-year-old Wakan Hamilton is the fifth and final defendant charged with murder, robbery, grand larceny, identity theft. Officials do not believe actually this was a hate crime. They say the spree was just completely motivated by greed and total disregard for their victims. And it was clearly rooted in greed, total disregard for the victims. I think I just said that. That's Mayor Adams. District Attorney Alvin Bragg says five defendants now charged with various crimes, including murder. The defendants had no regard for whether the victims ever recovered from being drugged. And indeed, as was mentioned, two of their victims never recovered. Yeah, just a crazy, awful story that they were drugging these people. Thank God they have these five guys behind bars. We got a lot more to get to as we work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour in Sid and Friends in the morning. A dog sitter in New Jersey, up to no good. Just an awful story. We'll give you the details. Schools with Native American mascots in New York, and there are a lot of them, by the way, might lose money now if they hold on to those mascot names and rockefeller center is losing all kinds of money we'll tell you why and we'll tell you how they're going to reinvent themselves now those stories and more coming up but first this at 529 the 77 wabc news hour talking the news with noah laden on 77 wabc Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. This is the 77 WABC News Hour with Noah Layden. Yep, that's me, 532. It is a Wednesday morning, April 19th. Your forecast now from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun clouds today, just a beauty on the way, high 63. Tonight, overnight, some passing clouds, good sleeping weather, uh, low 47. And then Thursday, partly cloudy, high 65. If you're walking out the door with us, and so happy you are, right now it's 45 and partly cloudy in New Rochelle. That's, of course, in Westchester, 44 in Rawway, New Jersey, 43 and mostly clear here in Midtown. Working our way up to the 6 o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. We'll start with this New York State Board of Regents vote that took place yesterday. Unanimous vote yesterday to ban Native American mascots, team names, and logos from all public schools across New York State. The move means districts across the state have until June 2025 to make the changes. Schools that don't comply may not receive state aid. It's a big deal. Jeremy Dennis is the acting tribal preservation officer for the Shinnecock Nation, which is out in Southampton. He says this is a long time coming that many people, Native Americans, are offended by these Native American logos. These are all um, basically stereotypical and caricatures of Native American culture. So just things um, from chiefs. We never use the word chief. We use the word sachem. That's actually pretty well known here on Long Island. Yeah, there's a bunch of schools we found right away that have these names that would uh, qualify that if they kept these names, they would lose school funding. Uh, The Massapequa Chiefs, the Amityville Warriors, the Brentwood Indians, the Manhasset Indians. So all those names would have to go away 
if these schools want to keep the funding come June 2025. Uh, Dennis, who is from the tribe of the Shinnecock Nation, says there are other ways to appreciate Native American history, like improving public education around Native Americans. He hopes that's what will happen with these schools, and he hopes those schools will drop their names. So far, no word from any of these campuses what they're going to do. 534. Out to New Jersey, a dog sitter in New Jersey charged with multiple counts of animal cruelty after responding officers walked into what was just a horrific scene in Union Township receiving a complaint about animals fighting in a backyard. When officers arrived, they found one dog mauling another, soon realized the dog was being attacked, uh, that was being attacked, had already died. They also found Vickens Muscova laying in the doorway in the backyard with cuts to both of his hands. He was the dog sitter. He had attempted to break up the fight between the dogs when he was attacked. The five remaining dogs that he was being paid to watch and one cat were taken by animal control. Uh, and uh, they found just all kinds of stuff in this backyard. One of the dogs that came back 15 pounds less um, with matted fur. The owner was you know, very upset. They all had shock collars on them. Some of them had two shock collars on them none of which were um, authorized by the owners of the animals. At yeah, all. those shot collars um, tied to the fence in the backyard. They were tethered on ropes that were 15 feet long. Owners, of course, notified, reunited with their animals. They said they never agreed to the shot collars, never agreed to the short leash, uh, uh, leashes. Muscova faces several charges of animal cruelty. They're going to appear in court May 3rd. Apparently, he advertised his services on a very popular your app rover.com now of course you might guess he's been removed from that website 536 down to texas there's a push to change the texas abortion law allowing victims of rape to get the procedure but that's facing opposition from pro-life groups who want to keep the status quo what victims of rape need is wholeness and healing not abortion hucksterism dressed up in the latest pink signage that's ryan bomberger who heads the radiance foundation 10 bills have been filed in the current station of the state legislature there that would allow more legal abortions in addition to the exemption for rape another one allows exemptions for incest a recent texas poll found 79 percent of texans support both ryan bomberger though who heads this foundation says the victims of rape do not need abortions he says they need counseling like the kind of counsel they can get at thousands of pregnancy centers where no one profits from the decision that a mother makes whether you're planned unplanned able or disabled every human life has purpose WABC Newstime 536, uh, MTA celebrating this huge milestone nearly two months after Grand Central Madison started serving Long Island Railroad commuters. CEO Jana Lieber saying yesterday that more than 15,000 trains have carried one million passengers in and out of the terminal since it first opened. That was only a couple months ago. Remember in the beginning, it kind of looked like it was a, a disaster. They are having problems with getting trains in and out but now they say yeah people really love this new train station just this one new terminal that we opened two months ago is already carrying more uh more commuter rail passengers than chicago union station and south station boston that gives you a sense of the scale yeah lieber says the liwr has improved on-time performance from those problems they had about a month ago 539 out to New Jersey where they've had these issues with all of those uh, fires, brush fires, forest fires. New Jersey fire officials warning still 
of an elevated fire risk this week because of the continued dry conditions coming off these three major fires. Greg McLaughlin is with the DEP, says now is peak fire season coming off a drier than normal winter, right? We had almost no snow. We do not at this time have full leaf out of our deciduous vegetation. So there's no shading of the pine needles, leaves, fuels, if you will. They say the fires in West Milford, Bass River, State Forest, Ocean County, they're all still burning, by the way, but they're fully contained after burning through thousands of acres. They still haven't determined the cause of any of those fires, but just, again, could just be the really intense dry conditions. Fire officials urging municipalities, homeowners to clean old leaves. And those pine needles, those ones that are everywhere, they are incredible when it comes to igniting fires. The southern part of the state's been abnormally dry for like a year and a half now. A lot of the places where we're able to stop fires, we don't have that luxury anymore because the swamps are they're dry. Yeah, so there's been 500 fires already this year. I mean, most of them have been tiny ones and then the big ones we've told you about. We have multiple aircraft. We have helicopters with 300-gallon buckets. All the fire towers are staffed. We're tired, but we're getting it done. Yeah, so now's not a good time to, I don't know, people I know burn some trash in their backyard and stuff like that. Not a good time to do that. That's what can cause these huge fires that have taken place over the last couple of weeks. 541, let's go out to Long Island and tell you just about a really complete sicko. Listen to this guy, a Seaford, Long Island man. Going to spend six months behind bars for alternating images of women and then posting them on pornographic websites. Nassau County DA says 22-year-old Patrick Carey admitted to superimposing the victim's faces on separate images of women engaging in sex acts and then posting them online. Who even does this but this sicko, apparently? The depravity on display by this defendant truly makes my skin crawl. Yeah, everybody's. Once released, Carey will be on 10 years probation. More than a dozen women who attended MacArthur High, that's in Levittown, say... They remember receiving a notification that Carrie had screenshotted their pictures. In response now, D.A. and Donnelly is introducing the Digital Manipulation Protection Act, which would create criminal statutes to protect victims of deep fake pornography, which, by the way, if you didn't know, is just a huge problem everywhere, not just Long Island. We can't have another Patrick Carey slip through our fingers in Nassau County or anywhere else in New York State just because our laws have not kept up with the times and with the technology. So this creep only getting six months behind bars. Thankfully, they say they're going to watch him closely when he gets out, because usually, not always, but a lot of times, people do stuff like they do with this again. This rigorous and strict probation will ensure that Nassau County's eyes remain on Patrick Carey. His devices will be monitored. Good thing. 543, something a little bit happier. More than a 1,000 athletes set to compete in the 2023 Nassau County Games for the Physically Challenged. County Executive Bruce Blakeman joining some of the athletes yesterday to announce the Games will take place June 2nd, June 3rd at Mitchell Field Athletic Complex and at the Nassau Community College. It truly is an athletic competition that I think Anybody who likes sports could enjoy. People will travel from across New York to compete in the game. Several businesses, organizations have contributed to the event. Organizers encouraging volunteers to sign up and help out. Again, it's June 2nd, June 3rd, Mitchell Field Athletic Complex in Nassau Community College. Let's head up to Westchester County. Westchester County officials 
encouraging neighbors' businesses to take advantage of renewable energy programs. The county executive, George Latimer, says residents who are part of the Sustainable Westchester campaign can participate in something called Grid Rewards, which allows customers to earn cash when they reduce energy use at peak times. This particular program empowers Westchester residents and businesses to take control of their energy usage, and they earn money back for that. In honor of uh, Earth Day, the mayors of local municipalities competing to enroll the most residents in the program by April 28th. Latimer says sustainable Westchester's paying off, saying the amount of energy saved is enough to power 25,000 homes. The seven megawatts of energy saved by these participants in Westchester would be enough to instantaneously power 25,000 homes. So it's a significant amount of power that's being saved. WABC News Time 544. The White House says there's a gun violence epidemic in the U.S. Yeah, no duh. Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre speaking on the recent string of mass shootings, as well as the shooting of a black teen who rang the wrong doorbell in Missouri. It feels like every week, uh, at least once a week, I come to the podium and I talk about uh, this gun violence epidemic that we're seeing across the country and how our communities and families across America uh, yet again have been devastated by tragic acts of gun violence. Yeah, uh, you know, there's no middle here, unfortunately, right? Uh, Republicans call out Democrats, Democrats call out Republicans. So yesterday, yeah, she was calling out Republicans who attended last week's NRA meeting following that mass shooting in Nashville and Louisville. As you saw from the president, he and the first lady are grieving for those killed and the many others injured and fighting, fighting for their lives in the wake of this gun violence that we're seeing across the country. WABC News Time 545. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk and Justin Ellis. Well, thank you, Noam Late and local playoff action in full swing now. So we'll start in Cleveland here, where the Knicks got worked in game two by the Cavaliers, losing 107 to 90 to leave the series tied at a game apiece before they come home for games three and four. Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson, they went to 22 and 20 respectively, but that wasn't nearly enough to hold off a resurgent Cavs squad nonetheless. The Knickerbockers got the split they needed on the road as their focus shifts now to game three set for Friday night at the Garden. On the ice in Jersey, the Rangers, they flex their muscles on the Devils in game one of their Eastern Conference Stanley Cup playoff series, dominating play to the tune of a 5-1 shot lacking to take the game advantage. Chris Crowder found a home per usual, parked right in front of the net to tip in two power play goals for the Blue Shirts, including this one off an Adam Fox slapper to put New York up 4 to nothing at the time. Now Kane backed out, shot by Fox, score! Redirected in front, it is now 4-0. Chris Kreider with his second of the night. That call courtesy of TBS. He versus Durkin turned on playoff mode as well, stopping 27 shots to keep New Jersey at bay. Game 2 is scheduled for tomorrow night in Newark, where the Devils will see if they can even things up before the series heads back to Manhattan. And tonight in Carolina, the Islanders get the Hurricanes for Game 2 in their first-round playoff series. Puck drop is set for 7 p.m. Eastern time with the Isles. Currently down one game to none. And finally on the diamond last night, not a good night for our local clubs as both the Yankees and Mets got pushed around by their respective opponents. The Yanks fell at home to the LA Angels 5-2. to Clark Schmidt turning in another abysmal performance on the mound for the pinstripes. Four runs allowed on six hits in under four innings pitch last night. His season ERA has now swelled to 8.79 in his four starts this season. The Yanks will see if they can pick up the pieces tonight at 7.05 p.m. at the stadium with Johnny Brito set to take the hill against LA's Griffin Canning. As for the Mets, they fared worse in loss 
Los Angeles against the Dodgers, getting blanked five to nothing in the middle game of that series. We'll see if they can salvage the finale and the series win this afternoon at three ten p.m. Eastern time. Is Max Scherzer primed to take the hill against former Met Noah Syndergaard? Here with sports on seventy seven WABC. I'm Justin Ellick. Let's catch you up on some of the big stories of the day. The biggest one, that parking garage down next to Pace University, Lower Manhattan, pancaking into itself yesterday, five stories. Uh, six people inside, all workers. Uh, five got out. One was killed. Uh, one person pronounced dead at the scene. The others are in stable condition. Firefighters have been there all night, overnight, checking out the scene. And we had firefighters inside the building conducting searches. Uh, the building was continuing to collapse. Uh, we made the decision to remove all our people from the building. And that's when they sent in that robotic dog, which is awfully fascinating to watch, walking through the rubble, of course, taking pictures, sending them back to the FDNY so people can see what's going on inside. And then we were able to fly our drones inside uh, to conduct an assessment and conduct searches. But the great part of that is we're able to put these, uh, use the technology uh, to get information and and reconnaissance uh, without putting our firefighters' lives and our first responders' lives at risk. So when something like this happens, of course, lots of people think bomb, terrorist act, because we've had that, obviously, in lower Manhattan before. But Police Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell says no. But this time we have no reason to believe that this is anything other than a structural collapse. Obviously, that investigation will continue. And it was a beautiful day. Lots of people out. Lots of people right near this garage witnessing as it came down. We heard a big, like, boom. Everyone was scared. Everyone was scared. Everyone thought that was their last time being alive, I'll be honest with you. And you wonder if it had been an hour later, it was a four in the afternoon, things would have been a lot worse, right? Lots of people coming to pick up their cars at the end of a work day. Pieces flake off on the car every once in a while from ceiling, but that's kind of normal wear and tear on a, on a building. But, you know. We didn't, we didn't think it was going to collapse. They put all the minivans and SUVs, all the very heavy cars on the roof, and it's a very old building. Some of the people who parked their cars in the garage, one man actually telling his story as that he dropped off the car just minutes before the parking garage came down. He says he's very lucky. I arrived at 4, 4 p.m., parked the car, walked around the corner to a cafe, grabbed a cup of coffee, took about 10 minutes to come out. I see a whole bunch of activity in the street. I had no idea it was a collapse. Yeah, very lucky. The parking garage owned by 57 Ann Street Realty Association. They're based out in Great Neck on Long Island. 64 violations with the Department of Buildings that date back to 1976. Uh, they opened this garage in 57, 1957. So most of these violations were opened, closed. A number of them went unresolved, but none of them made Major, major violations. Of course, the FDNY, uh, the buildings department will be down in lower Manhattan for the next couple of days uh, trying to figure out what caused this. And then, of course, they have to do the cleanup. So many cars just crushed and ruined. But more importantly was that someone lost their life there. 553. There'll be no trial in the Dominion Voting Systems defamation lawsuit against Fox News after a settlement in Delaware yesterday. Money is accountability. 
And we got that today from Fox. That's lawyer for Dominion. Dominion suing Fox News for $1.6 billion for spreading misinformation about their voting machines after the 2020 election. The two sides reached a settlement, $787 million. It's a great day for the company, although a bittersweet day for the company. By the way, not over for Fox News. Smartmatic, uh, Smartmatic rather, which is another voting technology company, says Fox News spread lies that decimated their business, and now they've filed a suit, and they did, uh, against Fox. So that's another lawsuit Fox News will likely face. Buffalo Bills player DeMar Hamlin planning his comeback now. Remember, famously, he suffered that cardiac arrest during a Monday night football game against the Bengals last season. This event was life-changing, but it's not the end of my story. So I'm here to announce that I plan on making a comeback to the NFL. Yeah, it's really unbelievable when you think that uh, he was. He sure looked like he wasn't going to make it. Uh, team GM Brandon Bean says doctors who saw Hamlin last week all in agreement to clear him for football activities. Uh, Hamlin says that um, he's in a great space to come back and return. Also, I would like to just say how thankful I am to have wonderful coaches and teammates here in Buffalo that just allow me to grow mentally, physically, spiritually each and every day. Yeah, this is the ending of a story we like. So the diagnosis of pretty much what happened to me was basically commodio cortis. It's a direct blow at a specific point in your heartbeat that causes cardiac arrest. Yeah, you know, and it was one of those games I just happened to be watching. It was horrendous, but God, this is a great ending of the story. Rockefeller Center, of course, a New York landmark, an icon, preparing now to open its first hotel as remote work continues to take a huge toll on Manhattan landlords all across the island, Aspen Hospitality is hoping to open a 130-room hotel on 10 floors of vacant space that are above the NBC Today Show studios. Uh, Aspen Hospitality owns one other hotel. It's actually in Aspen, Colorado, where rooms start at 1800 bucks a night. So uh, I can only imagine what they'll be at Rock Center. Uh, they hope to open this hotel in that open space by 2026. And while we're talking about expensive things in the big city, you won't be surprised to hear. Rents across New York now at record highs, rising roughly 15% since February of 2020, the month, of course, before the pandemic. And New York yeah, they are feeling the pinch big time. My rent now is $2,000 a month, and it's just me and my two children. So I have to work two jobs to pay my off my rent. It's ridiculous is what it is because I have um, employees that work in the city, and they can't even afford to live. It's pretty yeah. crazy. Now, Street Easy reporting the average rent now for a apartment in the city is $3,344. And what we're finding out is more and more people are using more than half their salary to pay those rents, which is just crazy. And finally, net superfan, Mr. Whammy. Do you know who this guy is? He's been a staple at the Barclays Center and with the Nets team for decades, putting his hex on players from the opposing team when they step up to the line for a free throw. Maybe you've seen this guy. He walks from like 10 rows back to right behind the basket, and he does something with his hands where he waves his hands, and he puts a hex on basketball players, and uh, and, and it works, apparently. He's Bruce. You want to share a season with me with the Nets? So I said, where are we sitting? He says, Ro G. I said, sure. That's 87-year-old Bruce Resnick, who is Mr. Whammy. Uh, he's um, now at the Barclays Center nightly. I don't get frustrated 
I don't lose sight of what I have to do. I get up there every time and I whammy with all my strength. He's serious when he shoots. I'm serious when I whammy. Yes, so... so uh, if you, it's great to watch. By the way, he won't whammy former net players, uh, only ones who've never played for the Nets. And uh, he said he never wishes bad luck on any of these players. He just wants them to miss their foul shots. Whenever I give a whammy to, they should always stay healthy and no injuries. I don't wish them any bad. Because if you wish bad, it comes back on you. So you just wish everybody well. Just miss the shot. It's so simple. By the way, this hex works. Um, the Barkley Center has the lowest percentage of or has the highest percentage of missed foul shots of any arena in NBA uh, basketball. So Mr. Whammy is apparently helping out the Nets. I don't know if he's going to help him through the series with Philadelphia, but kind of fun to watch.